No matter if the economy is up or down, healthcare careers continue to grow, especially in management. Stevenson University Online's Master's in Healthcare Management can put your career on a new track, especially for career changers with previous business, HR, or technology backgrounds. Discover new opportunities with our Healthcare Management Master's. No GREs, no application fees, and 100% online. Visit online.stevenson.edu slash healthcare management. Yeah, it's called Conversations with Jeff, not Screaming Matches. Yeah, yeah I, 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 you and I do not agree on Calvinism. But look how nice we are to each other. I think it's going to really shock a lot of people, thrill a lot of people. A lot of people are going to have to do some soul searching. It's like, you know what? What are you doing? You're spending all your time trying to destroy another Christian because you don't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. When you should be out there winning people for Jesus. Right. Thank you for the job you're doing. Thanks for being willing to address these kind of issues. They're vital to the church. I feel sorry for what's coming your way, but God bless you, man. It's it's a good, healthy conversation, and, and let's keep growing together in the Lord. People won't change unless they hear the truth, though. And so we need to know the truth, uh, speak the truth. And then the last one I would say is that we need to stay in the truth, uh, no matter what the consequences are. Okay, everybody, uh, we are back for another episode of Conversations with Jeff. Thanks so much for everybody tuning in. And uh, really excited about uh, today's guest. Going to bring him on here in just a second. But just a reminder as well for everybody that's tuning in. I know you guys are all familiar with this, but we are actually launching our uh, our next book, Church and State, How the Left Used the Church to Conquer America. That's actually uh, going to be available tomorrow. So we're going to have it in hand. We're going to be shipping out to all the pre-orders uh, f- to get that out to you guys. We've got authors uh, like Pastor Greg Locke, Dr. Michael Brown, uh, Denise McAllister, Pastor Kim Peters, just, you know, all of your favorites, all in one book, really confronting the issue of leftism infiltrating into the church. Uh, pre-order your copy today and I will get it out in the mail tomorrow for you. If you go, if you go to gatekeepersonline.com slash church and state, use code Jeff at checkout and you'll get 10% off and a free ebook, Why I'm Pro-Life by Pastor Sam Jones. So it's some great resources for you guys. Definitely check that out, um, and I, I, I highly encourage that. To, it's a great resource for you guys. Uh, really excited about um, our guest today. We've got Nick Hunley joining us. Uh, he's a former uh, Major League Baseball player, uh, but also a believer and you know doing a lot of great work. So really, uh, Nick, thanks so much for joining us. I'm glad we could sit down and hear chat here for a little bit. Yeah, Jeff, thanks for having me. Good, good to be with you. Yeah, definitely. And so, so you know, kind of wanted to give you a chance to, you know, what I'd like to do first time I have somebody on give you a chance to kind of share your testimony and your background and that sort of thing. Just that way uh, people can kind of get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So, um, I was, uh, born in Corvallis, Oregon. My, uh, my dad was a college football coach. So we moved around all over the place growing up. I have an older brother, um, named Jake. He, uh, he lives in LA has three kids. Um, I have been married for 10 years, have two daughters, Allison, who's seven, Haley, who's four, um, and I was real fortunate to grow up in a house of, of believing parents and, um, they knew who Jesus was and they lived it out. Um, so I was fortunate to grow up in the church no matter where we moved. We lived in five States growing up. Um, we we're all over the place. Um, you know, f- 
trying to win more football games and, and uh, keep jobs. And um, but it was fun to fun fun childhood. Very fortunate to to um, to have great parents. And then along the way, I've been really fortunate. I went to University of Arizona, played for Andy Lopez, who is an awesome believer. Um, I was married by uh, the FCA leader in Tucson, a guy named Richard Lopez, um, one of my mentors to this day. Um, I've been around some really awesome believers in my life that I've grown from, um, you know, I'm going to, to Phoenix to stay with my, my buddy, Brian Hommel is the chaplain of the Diamondbacks next week. Just people that have poured into my life. So, um, I've been really fortunate that way. Yeah, definitely. It is. It, how was it being a believer in professional sports? I, f- I feel like that that's the question that I get a lot from a lot of like my friends. So I've got a lot of friends that more play in like the NBA. I grew up playing basketball and, you know, that whole crowd and that sort of thing. But dealing with more baseball, what was that? What was that like being a believer there? Was it difficult, hard, you know, easy? Like, how was that for you? No matter if the economy is up or down, healthcare careers continue to grow, especially in management. Stevenson University Online's Master's in Healthcare Management can put your career on a new track, especially for career changers with previous business, HR, or technology backgrounds. Discover new opportunities with our Healthcare Management Master's. No GREs, no application fees, and 100% online. Visit online.stevenson.edu slash healthcare management. Stevenson University Online is a leader in forensic education for law enforcement, legal, and cyber investigations. If you are preparing for career advancement or career change, investigate our online master's programs in forensic science, CSI, forensic accounting, forensic investigations, and cybersecurity and digital forensics. New online sessions start every eight weeks. No application fee or GRE required. Visit stevenson.edu slash online. Oh, I think it's a, it's a, a, amazing. I don't think, uh, you know, I think the, the calling that we have, I don't think uh, as believers is ever going to be easy, you know. So um, I think we're, we're called to stand out and, and be different. And there's a lot of believers in the game, um, a lot of believers in, in the clubhouses. Um, it's cool because you're, you're playing 162 games you're in 180 days. You're with, with them from February to October. Um, you're around the guys a lot more than you are your family. So um, you have a chance to bond and, and go to eat and go hang out in, in hotel rooms and, and study together and, and grow. And um, the best teams that I've been on um, in terms of growing, we've gone through books of the Bible or gone through uh, uh, books by guys like Mark Batterson, other, other authors like that. We go through those books during the season and it's awesome just to kind of lean on each other um, and, and be there for each other. Cause it's definitely a long year. So, um, the, the more that you can, uh, to, can lean on your brothers and, and go through it together. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, it, it, one of the things too, for me, you know, growing up and playing sports, obviously not as high of a level as you or, or anything along those lines, but there is this camaraderie that, that I think that, you know, maybe that principle, I feel like Christians could learn from in, in how church should be, because I feel like when you're playing sports, you're, you know, you're going to battle together, you're bonding, you're, you're going through life together, you're, you're growing together, that sort of thing. And I feel like sometimes for some people in the church, that aspect can be missing. Whereas I feel like that's something that, that should be able to carry over from the sports world into the Christian world and into the church. Cause in all reality, we're supposed to be going through life together and growing together and doing a lot of those same kinds of things. No doubt. And that's, you know, that's the original church model, right? Um, is living life together and celebrating together and crying together and, uh, and laughing together, going to each other's weddings, you know, having dinner together. 
um, you know, being there for births of children, um, being there for, for each other when there's, when there's deaths in the family, everything. So tragedies, joys, that, that definitely is the model um, the, the early church had and something that, you know, it, it, it's different because in sports, right, you have to bring something to the table. You know, you have to contribute to your team to be valuable, right? So um, it's one of those things like I'm counting on the other guys. They're counting on me. Got to bring something to the table. And, you know, I think that's the way it needs to be in, in our walk as well. Like we got to bring something to our community. We got to bring something to our church. It's not a, it's not an hour, sit there, absorb and leave, you know? So that's kind of the, the, the church model where it, where it fits in with, with the baseball model as well. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like, like another parallel, like for me playing basketball, there's a, there's a lot of crossover to where you could have five guys in the court that are all, you know, have the same strengths and, you know, and things like that. In baseball and football, it's like everybody has very specific, unique skills and talents and everybody has to kind of fill their role in order to make the unit work. And I feel like that's a really good comparison and crossover into Christianity and, and into the church as well as like, not every single person is going to be a, a, a fascinating Bible teacher. You know, some people are going to be great at service. Some people are going to be great at prayer. And that's another one of those, you know, parallels that I think kind of crosses over from the sports world. It does. Um, quick story. Uh, a good buddy of mine said the, the best church service he's ever been to, and uh, I wasn't there, but I agree with it, was he said he went to a church in Atlanta and the pastor was up about to preach. He said, you know what? I've got something I got I to gotta ask. He's like... Is anybody in here having car trouble? And nobody raised their hands. And he's like, hey, like bigger church. He's like, don't be shy. Like anybody's car broken down and needs something fixed. And one person raised their hands. Like anybody a mechanic in here? And somebody raised their hands. Like, do you know her? He, you know him? No. Go meet each other. And the next one went down. Anybody hungry? Okay. Anybody have, anybody have a restaurant that they could feed somebody? Anybody, you know, anybody's refrigerator broken? Can anybody fix that? And he said he went on for an hour and a half and the whole congregation, he just did that for, it was like the most unbelievable church service he's ever been to. And, you know, like you said, I think that's what we're called to do, to live and serve and love each other just like that. And, you know, I'm not here to, to, to bash the church or the American church, how it's run. But for me, that's, that's the way that, that uh, the, the original church was, was laid out and what we're called to do. Oh yeah, and I, th- and I think too, like a lot of times, you know, it, it, it can be it can be uh, easy for people to forget that like ministry isn't just a pastor. Like the pastor, the pastor is supposed to be training us, you know, similar to like a coach would be training the team and things like that to actually go out and do the work and go out and do ministry. And I think that within our Christian life, it's like we're called to do ministry, but that may be like you're saying, helping to fix somebody else's car. It may be babysitting and maybe bringing food to a family that's in need and things like that. That's all ministry. And I think it's, it, it can be easy for us to think, well, ministry is something I'm called to do as a pastor or elder or whatever it is, which, which is great. And, you know, would be great if, if people were doing that, but at the same time, it can also just be providing a service for somebody else that's in need. For sure. For sure. And like, like you said, the, the, the team model, it's like, you're there to, to serve each other as brothers and sisters and, uh, and be there for each other, um, no matter what. And that's what makes a, a good, a good teammate. And that's also what makes a good, good believer in your community. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, now, now with, uh, I know we were talking a little bit before and you were saying that, you know, uh, now what you and your wife are working on some different projects and things like that, you know, uh, can you kind of share what you guys are working on now? Um, you know, together. Yeah. So, um, with our girls, um, when my, oldest daughter, Allie was born. Um, 
in 2013. The next year, we were at a Bible study and spring training, and a buddy of mine works with an organization called Consider the Lily, and uh, they do um, they rescue girls out of abuse and traffic situations in the Philippines. And we were uh, we were sitting in this Bible study, and and the girl a girl named Josie she brought over two of the girls that she had rescued, and one of them had been sold by her aunts into, uh, into prostitution when she was 14. And another one had some unbelievable things happen to her in her life that, you know, may or may not be able to talk about here. But, um, me and my wife were kind of looked at each other. It's like, we have this nine month old baby girl. What would probably the worst thing that she would ever have to go through in this life be? And it's like probably the stories these girls have come out of and Josie's discipling these girls. Um, teaching about Jesus. We have, we have social workers, um, a legal team to, to help prosecute offenders, um, just living life with these girls. And it's, you know, taking them through high school and college and, uh, and adopting them pretty much. And we're like, man, we have, we have the ability to do something about this and try to try to change this narrative for these, these uh, certain girls. And, and so we've gotten involved. We've been on the board with them, um, for uh probably five years now and to see there's been over over 80 girls go through the home and there's nine girls in college right now and just to see the redemptive power of christ um i was over there with a couple buddies in november um we stayed with them for a week and just watching them praise jesus and and sing in their own language and and uh and eat and hang out with them um was one of the best weeks of my life and you know, there's no, there's no other way that these girls would be where they were without Christ. And so, um, we're kind of all in for that type of, that type of, uh, ministry and, and, you know, working with doing some IJM stuff. I wore my team freedom hat today just to, you know, um, I love IJM, what they do, um, you know, international justice mission, they, they go after slavery and, and, and trafficking and, um, abuses, um, not only on the ground, but at the government levels to try to get laws and, and uh, policies changed um, for the long haul. So um, they're doing great work and, and me and my wife are kind of throwing our, our energy and, and resources behind those types of things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I find too, especially dealing with a lot, a lot of the trafficking, you know, issues, because I've had some different people on, on, you know, my show and we, and we talk about these kinds of things. Like one of my, one of my friends, he's got like a tea company and, and the money that they raise, it goes towards, uh, you know, help, helping getting, you know, girls out of trafficking. Uh, I believe it was in, uh, was it, uh, Thailand? I think it was or something, something along those lines. But for you specifically dealing with like this kind of an issue, what do you feel like are some of the things that let's say the American church needs to be aware of about this issue? Oh man, that's a, it's a great question. Um, I would say that one of the main reasons why we do it, um, because I feel like if I was in that situation where I was being forced to work against my will or do something that I didn't want to do and in the Philippines or Thailand or India, wherever it was, and there was somebody in America that had the opportunity to do something about it and didn't do it, you know, that would be tough. You know, if I knew that was out there, if help was out there, um, not that you have to, to, um, you know, do that full time or whatever. But, you know, when I was, when I was playing, um, Luke twelve forty eight was, was big for me, just in saying for those who've been given much, much will be expected. Um, and those entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Um, and I thought of that kind of as a, 
as a gift that I've been given to play baseball and I've been given talent to do that. So, but the more I grow in my faith, the more I grow, the, the, the older I get, the more I see, I feel like when you have the ability to have freedom and speak about Jesus and impact other people's lives, I think that's what we've been given, you know, and, and other people are going to have awesome gifts or, you know, they're going to have, like you said earlier, giftings to do other things, but we've been given the opportunity to speak about Jesus and to live in America and to be free and have the ability to work and gain financially and have that freedom. Um, so I think when, when it's all said and done, a lot's going to be asked of us and we'll say, what, what do we do with those gifts? What do we do with that freedom? What do we do with those opportunities? So for the American church, like we have unbelievable opportunity to go to church on Sunday or Wednesday and praise Jesus and sing about him without fear of persecution. We also have the opportunity to work to give our children freedoms and to give our children futures and put food on the table. Um, so I'd say I'd challenge you, the, you know, the American church to, to go and, uh, and, and fulfill that calling. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now, driving at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Yeah, no, no, no. What specifically do, does the organization that you guys are working with, what specifically do you guys do over in the Philippines? Is it a home? Is, is it getting uh, the girls out specifically? Like, what is it specifically you guys are doing? Yeah, so uh, we have a house. We're um, very fortunate to have um, awesome people supporting the ministry. Um, yeah, Josie has, we have three social workers um, and then full-time staff in the home. There's 44 girls living at home now. We're in the process of, of looking to buy another home to expand because we're having to turn away cases. Kind of our niche right now is um, government cases um, with girls that are ready to prosecute their, uh, their offenders. And I mean, it's unbelievable. Some of the stories that Josie tells us or being out there, um, about these girls, the strength that they have to, to go into, uh, places and, and talk about their stories and, and tell people, um, what they've been through and what Jesus has done for them, but we'll take them all the way, um, through college. Um, and then right now we're kind of in the process, like you said, your, your buddy opening up or having a t-shirt. We're, we're in the process of opening up a business out there, a coffee shop in Manila to, uh, to support the girls at, after college or while they're transitioning from, 
from high school, there's going to be some girls that aren't able to go to college just based on where they are age-wise and, and education-wise um, based on their upbringings. So to be able to give them um, some income and a, and a job um, as they transition out of the home um, is something that we're really excited about doing. But there's girls from from 7 to, to 20 to 21 in the home and just living life um, together and um, learning about Jesus. And, and it's really the, that discipleship model where she's training these girls and they're going back and, and training each other and, and going into the community and, uh, and, and helping each other out. So. Yeah. And, and that's really cool too. And, and I think that, you know, luckily there's been a lot more awareness. I feel like over the last couple of years, especially over a lot of the, like the trafficking issues and, you know, and things like that. Um, but, but I think, I think a lot of times I think we forget how widespread and rampant it can be, especially in some of these other countries. But I think also too, even here in the United States, it, it can be, it can be pretty widespread, widespread, but we just don't even realize how much this is happening. Do you, you, do you know, like any of the numbers or anything like that as to like, even over in the Philippines, like how, how, how prevalent is this that's going on over there? Yeah, it's, I mean, I, if I would speak on exact numbers, I would be speaking, uh, <laughs> uneducated, you know, but, um, yeah, there's some unbelievable organizations here too. Um, we work with a group called free international, that goes and uh, and does searches all over the country to try to find missing and, and lost kids and, and traffic kids. Um, and they work in Vegas a lot. Um, Phoenix go to go to Super Bowls. They do a lot of awesome work um, where they're like, hey, we need to be in the community. And like in Vegas, a lot of, you know, obviously with the COVID shutdown stuff, people aren't traveling as much. But um, if there's people trafficked in the United States, the, uh, there's a really good chance they go to or through Vegas. Um so to be able to to come alongside people in America as well, um, you know, it's it's awesome. And there's really really cool people that love Jesus going into some some dangerous places and, and doing some stuff with some unbelievable courage um, and, and spirit led courage that uh, that I love seeing and love being around. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's so important too that that there is the combination of both you know rescuing, but then also having the gospel as well. It's not it's not just one or the other. It's the combination of the two, and that that's what I think too. As believers, we got to remember too. It's like you know we're on kind of a dual mission. I think to a certain degree. On one hand, there's the physical side of things. There's justice. There's all this kind of stuff. But there's also the gospel because that's actually what actually changes lives and tra- and transforms lives. For sure, for sure. Um, there's a there's a a friend out here that I've done some things with and trying to go into places and, and, you know, find, find people that are, that are trafficking these girls or soliciting underage prostitution. And before we go out, he reminds us that we need, we are there to, to love on these men as well, which the first time I went out with him was like, why in the world would I want to pray for this guy? You know, the, the things he's about to do to underage um, girls soliciting these types of things. Like that's the last thing I want to do. And, you know, I've been able to be around him more and more and grow in my faith with people like that. Like you said, like we're called to love everyone and all the time, you know, so because we're definitely not perfect ourselves. So to go into these situations, knowing we're going to meet some people who are going to try to do some terrible things, but also talk to them about Jesus is one of the most powerful things I've, I've been around and uh, it's taken a, a while for me to get to that point, you know, spiritually, but, you know, I, I appreciate the people um, and the love for Jesus that they have. 
Yeah, and, and I think too, like that—that's one of those things that I think a lot of people wouldn't even think about. It is—is the—the yeah. the perpetrators of of this kind of stuff. It's like they—they they need saving too. Like, and you know, and in all reality, I think as you know, again, as Christians, if we actually want to see culture change, we want to see this kind of a thing change where we we can you know stop even trafficking to a certain degree. I mean, the gospel is a pretty good solution because once you have the Holy Spirit, lives change. Uh, you know, now ha, ha, what have been those kinds of conversations with with those kinds of guys been like? Oh man, uh, <laughs> um, I think that's for another <laughs> for another <laughs> another podcast. Uh, I think that's over a over a beer or a coffee. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, like you said, the the spirit, like you know, it's interesting. Like only God can know God, right? So, like even when the disciples were with Jesus, he's performing all these miracles. He's telling him he's going to die. He's telling him he's he's calling his shot. He's telling him he's going to re- raise from the dead. And they didn't even realize who he was until they received the spirit, right? When he was, when he was gone. So, um, to be able to, to know who God and and Christ really are, you know, we need the spirit in us. And, you know, so that's our, our prayer for these girls and, and these other people, like the only way they're going to be redeemed is through the spirit. And like, it was incredible watching the worship and the love and the joy that uh that these girls had in in manila just just knowing who christ was and obviously there's good days there's terrible days there's nightmares there's tough days going to court there's tough days like walking down the street not knowing what's going to happen to you but when they when they are worshiping jesus and growing in their faith like i haven't been around um a much more powerful setting than that in my life yeah, yeah. Now, now for for like the 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 everyday, let's say like American or everyday Christian and things like that. Like if they're like, okay, so this is something that obviously needs to be dealt with and in, in in all of that. But what what can the everyday person do to actually help with all of this? Um, I'd say find find three things that uh, that you're passionate about. I'd say like, so um, I've gotten to know. Um, Mark Batterson a little bit over the years, just playing out in DC and reading a bunch of his books, unbelievable author. Like I love reading all of his stuff. Um, and he says like things that you're mad, sad, or glad about are, you know, callings that, that God has put on your heart. So like find three things, one, something that makes you happy and like put some energy behind that, find something that makes you glad and something that makes you, or something that makes you sad to, to change something like that. And then something that makes you mad. Like when I hear some of these stories as girls who are going through, like it really makes me mad. So like, man, I gotta, I have the opportunity to do something about it. Do something. It might be trafficking. It might be working as a crossing guard. It might be working volunteering in school. It might be working in a soup kitchen, whatever it is. It might be serving your church. I have no idea what, what people's um, things are, but um, if you find three things, that you're passionate about or that make you mad or like really break your heart, like get behind them. It doesn't have to be trafficking. It doesn't have to be, you know, evangelism. It doesn't have to be preaching, you know, whatever those things are personally for you. That's something that helped me and, you know, me and my wife out a lot through this journey. Um, because, you know, you'll get, you'll get pulled in different directions or, or asked to do different things. But um, as we've gone through our, through our journey, we've been able to like focus a little bit more. And really narrow our uh, our energy and try to make an impact. Because um, you could go and support thirty five different things. You could go find twenty different things to to support. I mean, there's there's no um, <laughs> there's no lack of 
of uh, you know of need out there and suffering out there. It's just a part. It's just about a, um, things that that have um, been put on your heart and, and calling for you. Yeah. Now, now, have you have you found it difficult like transitioning from baseball, where literally it's like you're playing you're playing games pretty much every single day, you know, the majority of the year. To the, to then transitioning into, you know, something where you're not physically working in the same way, but, but maybe more mentally you are, especially dealing, dealing with like an issue like this, where I think, I think it could be even be a little bit more intense, like mentally or emotionally or, or things like that. What's been that change of mentality for you been like? Yeah, I've struggled for sure. Um, it's probably been the toughest like relationship year I've had with my wife too, just in terms of like being around all the time more. Um, you know, I'd be gone, um, half the year. And then during the off season, I'd be home for a couple months and then be gone again. And they travel and, and she did an unbelievable job of, of bringing the girls and traveling and we'd move a couple times a year and, and she dealt with it amazingly. But now like I work for major league baseball now, um, doing some, doing some work in the baseball operations department. So having that job, um, not being, not playing, um, I definitely is, is different. Um, I was ready to do something else for sure. It was time to time to not play, but I missed that camaraderie with the guys, like being in the clubhouse, being on the flights, going out to eat. Um, and then on top of that, like the, the lockdown stuff, the coronavirus stuff, like I've been used to, you know, traveling my whole life. Um, so it's a different, I mean, it's, it's new for sure. And I haven't dealt with it in, uh, in the most positive ways at times, but definitely thankful for, for uh, the time to be around family. And, and I know there's people all over the world that are really struggling um, with some real life issues. So not being able to travel or, or play baseball are very minute on the, on the totem pole of, of problems. Um, but yeah, for the last, last 15, 20 years, my daily thought process was how was I, how was I going to get better at, at baseball? I had to clear schedule, clear plan. Um, so it's been an adjustment for sure, but um, something I've, uh, I've enjoyed for the most part. Sometimes I don't enjoy it, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's been, uh, it's been good. Um, and then if there's ever times when you're, you know, you're feeling a little sorry for yourself, you just kind of, I'd say, I mean, I'm very thankful to have, have a family who's healthy and, and uh, who loves me and, and to be able to, like you said, to be able to read the Bible when I want to read the Bible and, and, uh, eat there's food on the table and uh, there's a lot of people in the world that are really struggling really bad. Um, so just try to try to maintain perspective for sure. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I feel like too, like, you know, like a lot of people, obviously they're going through the same transition to a certain degree, just with the, all the lockdowns and, you know, I'm, I'm out here, I always say out here in communist California and it's like, <laughs> still can't do a whole lot of much of anything. Uh, yeah. But, but, but I feel, but I feel like too, it's, it's, I think a lot of people have been having to figure out, okay, how do we ground ourselves where our entire lives have been up? change what have been some of the things that have really helped you to really kind of ground yourself and, and get through each transition but, but then also you know the the lockdowns that are going on with with all the COVID stuff yeah um for me i need to be like i know my, my personality needs to be kind of scheduled so if i don't have something to do i like got to keep moving like i'm kind of like a shark like if i stop moving i feel like i'm i'm uh, i'm on the way out um so um to be scheduled and have a real clear plan for the day or the week ahead um is something that's really important to me and you know it's not important to my wife though she's more um let it come and she's been scheduled like 
her whole her whole life with me just based on my schedule. So she's like, I'm kind of enjoying this time to to decompress and relax. And and if there's a day to do nothing, we've been. Um, I read a book, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, or earlier um, in the in the quarantine, and trying to implement some of those things like a Sabbath into our into our life and into our family. Um, I'm not very good at it yet, um, but it's uh, it's one of those things that we're trying to trying to accomplish and and, and go through. Um, and then to be able to be outside for me, like I've been outside my entire life playing baseball or running around and doing stuff. So um, my new job, I'm sitting on like, like everybody, like everybody's sitting on a computer and doing zoom calls and doing that stuff. So um, if I can take calls outside, if I can go run down the street or, or be outside with the girls and that's, that's big for me just to be, be out in, in the sun and get some, some vitamin D and just run around and hit a couple golf balls or go work out, whatever it is, just to, just to do something, something physical, try to do something physical every day. Um, but other than that, you know, hasn't hasn't been i haven't done a great job of it but i'm getting there (laughs) bank of clark county is making it easy to give to local charities we're featuring a different one at each of our bank of clark county locations to find out how you can support their good work visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag give with bocc Happy holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com dash spirit park. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis, people who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. Yeah, well, I, I feel like it's it's been crazy, like even like even for me too. It's like you know, because I've always kind of worked from home, so from that perspective, I, I've been I've been working at home. You know, that hasn't changed. But I feel like e- even then, it's it was still weird not being able to go out to the store as often, or go out to eat, or go you know you know like out here we live out in Orange County. It's like we're close to Disneyland. We go to Disneyland for the afternoon, and you can't do that anymore. It, it's a it's a very strange thing now. But, but I find myself busier and, but it's interesting too. Like you mentioned the Sabbath, like we, we forced ourselves like, okay, we, we got to stop working. We got to get off social media. So like one, like Sunday, every single week, it's like no social media, no Twitter, no work, whatever it is. But in that even, I think has been a weird transition, but it's, it's been really helpful. Yeah, that is, it's awesome. Um, you know, we were talking, well, we were talking about once, like once everything got shut down, um, early in March, um, you know, you set up the, the homeschool for the girls and we, we set up like, okay, now we're going to walk the dog. This is time for recess. You know, you set up these schedules, um, lighter activities, obviously kids aren't playing soccer or, or uh, swimming or whatever it would be, or, you know, 
Um, and then you get, get a little bit back more to normalcy. And my wife's talking like, I don't want to get back to where we were before, where it was just like, go, go, go all the time. You know, um, I want to have those family meals at home. I want to have those times where we walk the dog or we sit down and, you know, and, and watch a movie or we just read for an afternoon, whatever it is. Like, I don't want to go back to, I don't want to do that total isolation, but I also don't want to go back to what we were doing before. And um, we've made some adjustments as a family off of that, which have been really cool, like saying no to a lot more things. Like I'll personally, I say yes without thinking about things. And my wife is more of a, of a, of a no first, which is great because it, it kind of balances out um, every now and then there's conflict in that, but um, it kind of balances out and, and it's been good like to have her, her voice um, in this to say like, you're not playing anymore. You don't have to be at the field for, for 12 hours today. Like we can, we can slow down and you can, we can, uh, you, we can have these time together. Yeah. And I think, I think that, that that's really important. I think, I think to a certain degree, I'm hoping and I'm praying that a lot of these quarantines and lockdowns and all that kind of stuff have a lot of people in the mentality, especially towards family, towards not always being quite as busy. Although I find myself busier now than pretty much ever, which is strange. Uh, but, but I, but I'm praying that this is kind of a good eye opener for a lot of people for moving forward after we get out of all these lockdowns. It's like, Okay, so now what do we do? Let's make sure we're still taking time for ourselves. Let's not just get back into the rush of life like what things used to be. I think I think that's gonna be really important. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, will I be able to accomplish? I I don't know. My wife will be able to accomplish that for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree hundred percent because there's some things that that definitely weren't um, healthy just in terms of like trying to be productive or trying to trying to bring something um, of value or get something done that was getting in the way of things that were, were definitely more important um, in, in my life for sure. Yeah. And, and, and then one other thing that I wanted to ask different, different, but dealing with like professional sports and all that kind of stuff, obviously there, there's, you know, a lot more, it seems like political activism, maybe th- this year than, than previously. Is this a new thing? Or has this always been something that you feel like has always been there? Maybe it just wasn't publicized in the sense of like the kind of the polarization, maybe even within sports and that sort of thing. Yeah. I think like if anybody's going to speak on it, I think people who are in the sporting realm have a, have a, a clear, a decent vision of it. You know, I mean, I think like in my career, I've played with people from all over the world. You know, my dad was a college football coach. Like you're interacting with people from all over the nation of all different races, ethnicities, sizes, strengths, um, upbringings, you know, like education systems. Um, you know, we were last year, we opened up in Tokyo, Japan. We, we, I was with the A's, we played the, the, uh, the Mariners, the first two games of the season, like sports give you the opportunity to interact and be around people that you normally wouldn't be around if you were just in your hometown or, or with your own race or with the types of people you would, you know, um, you would be brought up with or stuff like that. So um, I think that if there's a, a opportunity to speak on things like that, I think people who have played sports and played sports at really high levels have uh, have a clear, not, not that they have all the answers, not that I have all the answers. I don't think anybody has all the answers, you know, um, but I get both sides of it. I mean, there's some fans out there that say, Hey, you should just be entertainers, just entertain us. Um, and then there's some players and there's some fans that say, Hey, you should speak out more, 
you know, you have this platform, you should do more. So um, I love living in America where you have the opportunity. If you see some injustice or you see something you don't like or you think is wrong, you have the opportunity to say, I don't think that's right. And I think that's wrong. And I think is if we, if we, you know, continue to, to view it through those lenses, um, it'd be a little less polarizing. Cause I mean, I'm not going to think the same things that you are and you're not going to see the same things as, as I am. And somebody from Texas or somebody from Wisconsin or somebody from Florida or wherever, somebody from Korea, or I've played with guys from Venezuela, from Cuba. Yeah. I mean, all over the world, like they're going to think differently than I am, but it's really cool to play in a place where their opinion and their values and their voice, if they want to speak up, can be heard. Yeah, and I, th- I think that, that, that like, again, like you were saying, that is the beauty of, of America where, you know, we do have freedom of expression and freedom of speech and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I, th- I think for me, you know, look, looking at sports in general, I feel, you know, whether it's, the, you know, especially like the NBA and football and, you know, and a lot of the stuff that's going on there. But I, I just I just hope that after all of this craziness, we can get back to how sports used to be that unifying factor. It used to be, you know, politics. It didn't matter left, right, whatever it was. You were coming together as long as you're rooting for the same team. You, you guys, you guys are brothers. It's it's all good. And, and I'm hoping that we can get back to that um, after the craziness of 2020. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I think there's some things too, and I think this is kind of a positive way where. Like we need to get to the point where we're acting as well, you know, like there's some, there's some people in sports doing unbelievable things for communities and for people. And I I don't think those things are highlighted enough. Like if there's, there's some, some stories, some players I've played with or, or friends that I have in other sports, like the things that they're doing for the kingdom or just for people in general are amazing. And I think the whole narrative of what's being played out, in the media about that that's never talked about. That's never seen, you know, it's only seen on the negative divisive sides. Um, and whether, you know, whether you want to buy into that or not, um, there's a lot, a lot of people and a lot of athletes, a lot of pro athletes that are out there doing incredible, incredible things for people. And it's, it's a really cool, it's a really cool like little fraternity to be a part of. And I hope that continues to spill out in the community and people can, uh, can see that more and more what, what actions are being done as opposed to just what's being said. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think it's it's really important for people to to understand and also, you know, even just, you know, Christians to understand not it's not everything that we see on the news, it's not everything we see on the media. There's other there's other things going on besides just the polarizing stuff that that we see like on CNN or Fox or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um thankfully I've um I don't have social media. I don't have Twitter or Instagram or uh you know, that kind of stuff. So, I kind of stay away from that if I if I want to talk to somebody, I'll text them or call them, you know, but, um, I'm, that's just my, my personal, um, belief, but yeah, the, like the media side of it. Um, I know, like I said, I know there's a lot, a lot of unbelievable people from every country, from every type of race doing awesome things for their brothers and sisters and humanity that if, uh, if that was talked about more, I think we'd be, it'd be a lot less polarizing. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Now, now, as we're closing, uh, if people want to get involved with any of the organizations and stuff that you're working in, specifically even with like the, the trafficking and all that kind of stuff, what's the best way for, for them to do that and check out that for more information? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I appreciate you asking. Um, you know, IJM is just IJM.org. Um, they're doing 
unbelievable things, and they're uh, really high powered all over the all over the globe. Um, there's some really cool uh, ministries here um, in America, you know, statewide. Um, Free International, um, a really cool anti-trafficking um, organization. There's an organization here out of California that does some unbelievable things called CERT Ministries, S-E-R-T uh, Ministries, and then um, the the organization we're on the board of. Um, in the Philippines, it's called Consider the, uh, Consider the Lily. Um, so check out those, uh, those things if that's something that you're, you're passionate about. Um, defending people that can't really defend themselves, um, is something that we're really passionate about. If that's something you are, we'd love to, love to have you on board and, and come alongside and, and whatever, throw your hat in the ring a little bit. And, uh, we, we appreciate, uh, appreciate you letting me come on and, and talk a little bit. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, and for everybody else that's watching on the recording, I'll make sure that, uh, the links to that are in, in the, in the description for the show on, uh, YouTube and Apple Podcasts and all that kind of stuff. But, but Nick, I really appreciate you coming on. Had a blast talking to you and kind of picking your brain here a little bit. Uh, but thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Hey, anytime we'll have to do it again. This sounds like a plan. We'll definitely make it happen. So yeah, thank you so much. And then everybody else that's watching as well. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, if you guys can subscribe over on Apple podcast, that way you guys are notified every single time a new show comes out. And then don't forget pre-order your copy of church and state, how the left used the church to conquer America at gatekeepersonline.com slash church and state. We are going to be shipping those out tomorrow. So uh, get those orders in and we will catch you guys next time. The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com dash spirit park. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC.